know that we would drink a lot when we made YouTube videos. And sometimes you you would like would make the video and you'd be like, man, what what was going on there? Oh yeah, we were like really high. Mm. We, we were like we were. You know, there's an energy that being young and like a wide-eyed sort of like anything's possible attitude. And I'm not saying that got beaten out of me at a young age. No. Is this too much <laughs> complaining? I'm true to myself by um, knowing that I've changed and my sensibility has changed. Hi, I'm Erin Ashley Simon. I'm a broadcaster, entertainer, cultural disruptor who's redefining what it means to be a creator. Welcome to Real Gems. Our guests are gonna share their wins, their failures, and the people who helped them pave the way. Today's guest is widely known as an internet personality and host who has hunted ghosts in California, hung out with cosplayers at some of the world's biggest cons, thinks about life awes and wonder with the fan favorite Mafia family, and who has also served as a face for a notable reboot. Please welcome Kasim G. Kasim, it's so great to have you. Oh, thanks for having me. It's really great to be here. We were already having, I would say, like podcast-worthy conversations. Before we we already the did button. the show. We already did the show. But now we're going to do it again. Yeah, we can do it again. I think now that we've rehearsed the script, <laughs> we can perform it. Oh, yes. we have. It's a script for sure. Yeah. Uh, but actually, you know what? Let's just get right into it. I, I know I have this question here, but I'm going to save it for later okay. because today's episode, we're talking about adversity and we were having yeah. a great conversation prior about changing landscapes and yeah. companies folding and things not going your way, but you kind of have to just take it in stride and, and go on. You were saying when G4 folded mm -hmm. that you know, with your experience, you kind of just were like, you know what, I'm going to enjoy this ride and then we'll figure it out from there. And that's not always the mentality that people have when they're so passionate about a project. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, first of all, it was not my fault that it went under, uh, no matter what they tell you. Okay. Um, and second of all, like, yeah, you, me and Fiona, who you know, yeah, I would always walk into work and when things were bad, which was often, um, and everyone was like, I can't believe like this decision was made. You know, I notoriously would always be like, am I the only one that likes my job? You know, cause it felt <laughs> like, um, I understood. And, and this is partly because I'm much, much older than a lot of the folks yeah. that were hired, um, younger folks. And I'm not going to ask you how uh, old you are, but I bet you I'm older. Yeah. And, um, I'm 30, we're all 31. Okay, so you have experience. Some of these, yeah. some of the folks have were a little younger, and that's fine. And I think there's like a, you know, there's an energy that being young and like a wide-eyed sort of like anything's possible attitude. And I'm not saying that got beaten out of me at a young age, but when you like are around and you see kind of how the industry works, you kind of learn to appreciate the moment that you're in, and know that you can't control everything. And part of that also comes from like what I learned from like getting sober and like what I can control and what I can't control. And so what I have to do is just show up and control my controllables and then react to the things that are happening around me in a way that helps. If I run around like panicked all the time because I can't believe they spent $30 million on this building and now like we'll never make that money back and no one watching the show and like they're not marketing and am I supposed to be marketing and they supposed to be marketing. I can't worry about all, I, all, I can only worry about like what's happening when I'm in front of the camera and like did I prepare my bit? Did I do that? Did I bring whatever I could for um, my job, which was as a host? Um, 
And that's it. And then if the company folds a couple years later, which it did, and a lot of us saw it coming, you have to just like appreciate the experience. I made so many cool friendships. Mm -hmm. I learned, um, I, I got better at the stuff that I already thought I was okay at. And I, I really took away um, a lot of valuable like experience from it. And I could be sour. I could walk around with like a lot of resentments, but I don't think that that's like a good use of my time. Yeah. I shouldn't be spending my calories in that way. <laughs> um, and I like, I really, in this part of my career, which is the back nine of my career, um, I have learned to um, like put my uh, mental state like more of like a priority than when I was younger when it was like, oh, it doesn't matter if you sleep or it doesn't matter if like you're eating right and, and all that stuff. And as long as the video goes out on YouTube or like whatever, you get this role or you do that. Now I have to like, in order for me to be my best version of myself, I have to have like a much more balanced mm -hmm. approach. And that balanced approach means I can't go home like really resenting the the choice that was made that was completely out of my hands yeah. at work. So that's kind of a long-winded answer of like, I'm thankful for the the, the ability and the opportunity to drive um, a multi-million dollar business into the ground, <laughs> which is what we did. I also, I mean, we went through a similar experience event. I, I literally feel like G4 was just been 2.0 like same. it really same same it was problems. like six months later it was it like just really overlapped was. each other it really was but the, my mentality was very similar to yours where i was like you know what i made really amazing friends i had this opportunity to show myself in a different way and you know i'm grateful for it and now i got something for my real which was like for me i'm like all right i'm gonna take this use this experience and get more opportunities and yeah. i think i've gotten to the point now because like i you know even though I'm, I'm young i'm 31 i've been working in entertainment since i was 17. Mm -hmm. so like i worked in sports the music industry etc and i've just gotten to the point where i realized that when you're a public facing person you get blamed for everything so it's at a point now where it's like, oh, okay, this company collapsed because the hosts weren't bringing in numbers or this. And I'm like, all right, whatever. Right. Like, so I, you know, I, I think it's it's sometimes challenging when you have these young people who are so used to this digital social media media world and aren't yeah. used to like corporate world or understanding that there's just sometimes there's there's a certain group of people that make the decisions and you're just hired to just host. It's not your job to try and fix what they're doing wrong. You totally. just gotta come in and just do the best you can and just go home smiling. That's it. And and how cool is it, like if you were 17 and I was 17 and we knew that we were gonna be, like for me, being on G4 and on, on Attack of the Show was like a show I watched as a kid. Yep. And if you would've told me you're gonna be host a host of that show, um, but it'll only be for two years, I would've been like, fine. Like that's still so cool. Like to be able to go to work in a TV studio and like put out um, a show that was about video games and pop culture and like be able to go do man on the street pieces. And, and like that to me is so great. But then fast forward, you're actually doing it and you're like, why is everyone so unhappy? Like we mm. literally are doing our dream job. But it it is a case of um, people sort of uh, maybe not like stop. And I hate the 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 phrase stop to smell the roses, but like ultimately that's what it was. We couldn't take a moment because we were so worried about the next thing or are we going to be paid next month and like that they couldn't for a second just be like, well, this is actually pretty cool. And I'm not saying everyone did that, 
but we but for the most part there was a lot of worrying that yeah. happened and it kept a lot of people from like extracting some of the stuff i think that they should have yeah. extracted which is experience um and being able to do things that like i can't do at home when i'm on twitch you know like i can't like i can't necessarily afford to go and do uh, man on the street pieces every other week because that costs money and it's like overhead and driving and like lodging but um i could do those things and we had a great time and i and I'm, I'm i can actually say that i worked really hard and i had a great time during that two years over at g4 and the mindset that you have it clearly showing that it's coming from experience you've been doing all kinds of content especially you know man on the street content for a while yeah you have you've had millions of views on youtube you were really part of that renaissance era of like 2011 2012 mm -hmm. where this really became a career from content yeah. creation and youtube into a career itself from that time to now what difference have you noticed when it came to be a content creator and that evolution of, of a career in that space? Yeah, it's a, it's such a good question. Um, when I started, there really was only, there was like one place you could, maybe two places. You might be able to like upload videos to like your MySpace page, but essentially like YouTube was the only place you could go. And for the most part, everyone was just going on there to watch like, cat videos and dudes getting kicked in the nuts and like that was kind of <laughs> it and um it was really cool to be a part of that sort of initial class of kids that came in and started utilizing the platform in a way that was um new at the time but now it's just so commonplace yeah. and youtube is not the only place that that you can make content on it. So the, the biggest difference is like, we had to put all our eggs in one basket, which was YouTube. And we also had to figure out how to like connect with an audience. Mm -hmm. um, and that's something I try and do every day now, which is like try and be a part of a community of people, like-minded people. Um, and back then there really wasn't that. You could like upload a, a YouTube video and then you'd start to see comments and like you start to see the same people and over and over and and eventually you grew a community but um now that was the only place you could really talk to them because maybe twitter wasn't like really there yet but now you have so many different platforms um almost too many that you like it's hard to f like figure out where to focus your attention yeah and i was just like on the phone with my friend Allie, and she was like i was like yeah i just started doing this podcast i'm like what's like because she's in management and yeah. like for like digital creators and and i'm like what what's like what's the thing now like what's the meta like what because when i was on youtube it was you uploaded it and then you would go tell your um facebook that you had a video out and maybe your twitter and that's how people like saw your video and you would do certain tags and things to make sure it got like discoverability but now she's like well okay you're doing a podcast you're gonna want to do um do the podcast, upload it on your YouTube. Then you want to do like four or five clip outs, right? And they got to be long form. And you got to put that on TikTok, Instagram, and Snapchat. I'm like, uh, I didn't even know people are still using Snapchat. So I'm like using, so there's like all these different things. It almost seems impossible yeah. to try and get something off the ground now, even though there are more tools. Um, I want to say it's easier in the fact to make content because our phones have like great cameras on them and editing software is super available. Whereas we used to have like computers with final cut and they had to 
Um, you know, you didn't have like a, a decent computer and not everyone had HD cameras. We were still making YouTube videos when SD and HD was like um, still separate. And uh, now um, it's much easier to make content, but I feel like it's harder to get it seen. Yeah. And if that makes any sense, because there's so many, everyone's attention is all over the place. Um, whereas YouTube used to just be the site and I benefited greatly from being like the only guy that really was doing man on the street on YouTube in 2008, nine, 10. And then, you know, uh, things changed and like the, the, the game of like grinding and having to spit out videos, like on a weekly basis, like presented its own set of challenges as far as like my internal happiness and like my health that we talked mm -hmm. about, like eating right and, and sleeping and doing all these things and um, there was a point in my career where I really had to like pull out of it. And I was in a very fortunate position where we started a company that, um, was sold to another company and I had shares in that company. So I made um, a nice chunk of money and I was able to do that. But if I didn't, I don't think I'd be able to like, I, I don't think I could be sitting here and talking to you mm. in this moment, um, in the way I'm talking to you, which is just like a guy who's not. I don't seem crazy. I don't feel crazy, but maybe I would just be a completely out of my mind guy. But yeah, I'm things happen in a very, you know, strange, uh, sort of order. And, um, I had to completely sort of detach from, uh, like an online world and occasionally making something, but I found that my healthy relationship, um, with the internet is on a, um, less intense, for it's a less intense version than what it used to be. It's like when you have a parent that is like they're your parent, but you are it's not very like healthy for you to interact with them on a like daily basis, if that makes any sense. But like you yeah. like them and like you know they did their best, and so you check in with them like maybe once every couple of weeks. I feel like that's sort of my interaction with the internet. Yeah. Um, however, sites like Twitch are sort of making me rethink on how I engage with the internet yeah. because I have a really cool like group of people that we have on discord and on Twitch that show up every day for like a live show. And so you're kind of watching me figure out how to sort of reinvent, um, content creation for myself as somebody who like did it on YouTube and now is trying to catch up and figure it out. Like with like Twitch and all these current, you know, platforms, it's not easy, but it is fun. Um, and like it, and I'm sober now, so I do have like a a new, a new sort of version of myself that I put forward. My comedic sensibility is totally different, um, and so it's interesting to when people see me as the person who was on YouTube, who did a certain thing, and maybe I don't really do that thing anymore. Mm -hmm. um, so it's like trying to get people to like understand that there's a change, and you like watch me grow up on the internet, and I'm sure you probably get that as well. Um, you're trying to convince people that you're still interesting, you know, which is, uh, which may or may not work. I don't know, yeah. but it, my life doesn't like live or die on the internet like yeah. it did before. If you don't mind me asking, I'm, I'm actually curious about this because I, I heard you bring up that you're sober. Yeah. And me, I'm actually now getting to this path of, of no longer drinking. Um, for me, it's just, I just feel much better. I feel like much more clarity. Mm -hmm. And it's not that I had any drinking issues. I just, for me, I just want to have a healthier life. And, and I feel like when I'm not drinking, I just feel overall so much better. And there is a, an, a, an association with like anxiety and my mental health. That's part of it um, that I've been working on. But how has your sobriety 
changed the way that you do content. I know you were mentioning that there's kind of like this unique point of like, hey, I know you guys like the jokes and things I did before, but that was, you know, maybe associated with when I was drinking. This is who I am now. So how are you able to adjust in your content creation while you're also adjusting in your sobriety? Yeah, uh, look, getting sober was the best thing I, I ever did. Um, I think that's also like you're speaking to is like you're just like you're growing up and you realize like your body can't necessarily handle the same sort of long late nights that it, you had when you were in your 20s. And um, that's totally normal. Right. And I was on the extreme end of it, whereas mm. like I really, uh, you know, I, I when I drank, I couldn't like stop. Right. And I drank too much and it affected my personal relationships and it brought on a whole, a whole like, um, like boatload of issues with it. And now that I, and, and, part, and you know, speaking to kind of what you said about like the content I made was, that was, it felt like that was me a half cooked version of myself, right? When I was in my twenties, but it's so weird because that's when I became well known on the internet was that half cooked version. Mm. And people saw like that guy do that thing. And, um, even though now I feel like so much better and what I'm putting out there is like a more true or honest version of myself, you'll still get people that are like, what, what happened to the old version of you? Mm. Which is totally okay. I think we have to like take that responsibility on as people that are publicly facing is like, people might not have seen me since 2010, right? 2011. And then they might find my Twitch. I, this happens almost every day where they find me on Twitch and they're like, oh, whoa, I, didn't, I haven't seen you in 10 years. What are you doing? What is this that you're doing? What happened to the, so there's a lot of that because they just like overnight forget about you and it's like, oh, then they see you and they don't know that you've kind of lived a whole life. And so it's interesting to have to sort of um, frame yourself differently. Yeah. But um, yeah, I was a half cooked version of myself. My What I thought was funny, what I thought was like, what I wanted to do online is so different than how I want to engage with content now. Um, and I don't want to make it seem like I thought everything that I did was like, a, a, you know, terrible or bad. It's just different. And you grow up and like, now I start thinking about like, well, if I have kids, hopefully, um, what are these kids going to like know about who their dad is and what sort of person that he put out into the world? And that's different than when I was 23 and online. I'm like, I just want this video to like do well, you know, so I can like make this next video and like, you didn't care about like sort of what the outward um the consequences of that or like what the ripple effect would be of that one video you just wanted like i just want this so i can like get more subscribers so i could do this and be known for like it's um it was like you're chasing something that you could never catch mm. and now it's like oh i'm just i think they say like you get a thousand people nowadays to just like be into what you do that's like all you really need, right? If you can get a thousand people that like support you on Patreon or um, follow your, you know, get on your Discord. Um, to me, I'm more interested in like serving us a smaller group that really cares about me as the person, regardless of like what I did in the past or like what they're seeing. So, um, and sobriety has given me the ability to like access my feelings and like mend relationships and, um, 
and I'm not saying, you know, if you feel like, you know, I was a very, I was a, like a definitely an alcoholic, right? And so, and I took the steps that I had to do to get better and not everyone has to do that. That was just like sort of my path. But I found that when I addressed that, a lot of other stuff got better and my mental health got better. That's good. And um, it's fun to engage online when you're in a good spot, um, even if you're much older, you know? <laughs> I also think content creation and just entertainment it's it can be challenging for people to increase you know their mindfulness to grow up to to change because there's so many distractions right mm -hmm. um i always tell people like I, I think i started to realize as i gotten older how much drinking and the drinking culture is so ingrained in entertainment oh, yeah. literally every event you go to open yeah. bar Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's even to the point now I was actually talking to my friend how I remember when I started to stop drinking and I went to an event and when they're like, oh, do you want to drink? I'm like, no, no, I'm good. I'll just have water. Like people are looking at me crazy. Like you don't want to have a drink. You yeah. don't want to like decompress. I'm yeah, like, like, what's going on? Like they yeah. don't trust you. Yeah. There's a lot of like people that are like, I don't trust you because you're not drinking. You it's know? weird. Like, I feel yeah. like maybe you've got a wire on you or something. Like what? <laughs> uh, it is weird. It, it's yeah. tough. And so, but he, you know, eventually that goes away and then you're just a person who doesn't drink, you know? And also like those people that do that, that go, what? They're not people that you probably engage with all no. that often. Right. And, and you can only really worry about the people in your immediate circle, like your friend, your close friends yep. and family and like, do they care whether I drink or not? Or like, are they cool with this? And they all are. They want to see you be your best. Yeah. Um, but to your point, it's like crazy how uh, drinking is like the sort of at the the backbone of every so social engagement and like a lot of work mm -hmm. stuff. Um, I know that we would drink a lot when we made YouTube videos. And sometimes you you would like would make the video and you'd be like, man, what what was going on there? Oh yeah, we were like really high. Mm. We, we were like we were we smoked a huge blunt before we did that. And sometimes it would work out, and then sometimes you're like, I can't use any of that, you yeah. know. And um, and that's just kind of the way it is. It's it's like how people sort of like ease up around each other and it works for a lot of folks. And if you're a normie, it sounds like you're kind of a normie, is what we call like what we uh addicts will say you're a normie because it seems like if you really had an issue with it you'd be living underneath the freeway or something right now but you're not so it's i would consider you to be somebody who's being mindful about how much they consume yeah probably not like a real serious issue uh no i mean it was never really a serious issue did it start to pick up at a certain point yeah i, I yeah. would say that it definitely started picking up when i started working in the music industry but i noticed that like as i progressed in my career more anxiety like i deal with anxiety more anxiety yeah. was attached to it and then i started to realize i wasn't necessarily like drinking socially i was drinking to kind of cope with anxiety totally because being a public facing person you know much more scrutiny much more people who engage with you and you're just like okay are you engaging with me because you like me for me or you want something from yeah. me and then sometimes like when you quote unquote when people think you fell off right then it's like the anxiety from that. Am I going to have work? Totally. What do I need to do? And so I started to realize that. But then I, I got to the point where I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to be thankful and happy for what I have. I spent the past couple of years working on my mental health. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I even got on anxiety meds. And then after that, I was just kind of like, you know, some of these happen, some of these things. I'm like, 
don't really need it. Like, I don't, I don't want it. And, and if anything, I feel like it's allowed me to be more vulnerable. It's allowed yeah. me to be a better host and be a better person. It's allowed me to be more present. And going back to what you're saying, it's, a, it's allowed me to be more grateful and practice gratitude for everything that I have. Yeah. So I'm worrying less. I'm like, all right, cool. I don't have, you know, okay. Yeah, it's a down period for hosting. There's no gigs yet. Eh, something will come up, you know. Oh, I haven't streamed in two weeks. Eh, whatever. Yeah. You know, and I just feel like because of that, I'm able to put a lot more meaningful content that I want, especially for this podcast. That's the reason why I started this podcast is because mm -hmm. I want to have real and honest conversations about like content creation, behind the scenes for entertainment and letting people know yeah. what it really means to like shift and change and alter your career and, and going through all kinds of obstacles. Because I, I feel like when people see stuff on social media, they don't see the full picture. No, that's that's the exact problem with social media is that not only do they not see the full picture, they're seeing a very cultivated picture, mm -hmm. a picture that, you know, like um, I don't really engage with Instagram that much anymore. But, uh, you know, whenever you go on there, it's like everyone is ha living a better life than me. Like yeah. these guys are in Hawaii. Didn't they just go there? <laughs> I just went to Hawaii. <laughs> Yeah, great. And I went there too, but I, I forget, you know, yeah. and um, like, oh, that person is like, oh, they've got their own show. Like everyone's doing, I mean, it's fine. But then I remember when there was like a lot of, like when things were going like really well and there was a lot of heat. I also felt like, um, you know, that stuff I was putting out an image of like what I thought success had to look like. And that really wasn't the case. And, and what does it really matter of like whether I'm here or there? And um, yeah, it's, social media is a very tricky thing because one of the biggest differences between when I started and how it is now is like used to be able to subscribe to a YouTube channel mm -hmm. and that subscription would just, anytime that person made a video, it would just let you know when that video went live, right? And then somewhere along the lines, YouTube or Google or Facebook was like, well, we want people on our platform at all times. And so we need to make sure everyone stays on our platform. And in order to do that, the people who make the content need to stay it need to constantly be uploading. So I used to make like one video a week, which I thought was a lot at the time. But now if you aren't regularly in interacting with the algorithm, like uploading a short, putting up a video, um, like leaving a comment, like if you're not attacking the algorithm in a certain way, the people that signed up to subscribe to your channel in the first place that just want to be notified when your stuff, they won't get notified yeah. because you're not interacting. So that's kind of the biggest gripe I have is like, it's so hard to get people to like, A, see you, B, then f like hit that subscribe button or follow you. And so not only do I have to do those things, now I have to engage with your site in a way that's inauthentic um, to my, like the way I make content to just to be able to like maintain uh, the ability for people to see that, that there's a notification. Yeah. And it's, it's only based on the fact that YouTube and other sites want you on their site for as long as possible. It has nothing to do with let's look out for our creators, let's look out for their mental health. It's only rewarding people that are um, like, uh, uh, working the algorithm and like uploading too much. Yeah. And it's kind of sad because it's like, well, it used to be different and it used to be um, based on just like quality content. Now it's the people that I see doing the best and there's a lot of them that do really great stuff, but it's just the most consistent folks that are like hitting 
all those different parts of the algorithm at once. And so um, that's probably my biggest gripe with, with content creation. And that's probably the biggest difference between when I started and how it is now, but I have no control over it. Right. So if I, if I have to upload like a reel or a YouTube short, or I have to like start putting stuff on TikTok, like it's okay. I used to sell TVs for a living and like uh, anything's better than selling like audio equipment. Uh, to people that um, don't respect you. And and it is uh, okay. It's just, we have to adjust and pivot. And that's part of what we do as content creators because we live and die on how um, a platform works. And um, yeah, it's, it's just a little sad that we uh, sometimes will just get forgotten or people will think you've fallen off when you've just sort of like engaged with a platform differently. Yeah. You know, I'll am I complaining? No. <laughs> is this too much complaining? Yeah, I, I think I think part of it too, right, is that, yes, there are very su successful ones that are consistent. But I always say that there's different kinds of content creators. Mm. There are people who obviously have the massive amount of numbers consistently posting, posting content that's for the purpose of uh, reactionary, right? Mm -hmm. But I also said, like, there, you can find success with a smaller group of an audience doing what you like, doing it in the consistent manner that you can, and not feeling like you have to constantly chase those people. Like, you know, for me, I'm not, I, I always view myself as like a content, crea content creator second. I'm first the host first, and then content creation is the second part. And well, one of the things that I struggle with is like, as I'm hosting and I'm running businesses, I'm trying to like figure out how to create content, I'm trying to figure out how to be consistent. That's literally why I started this podcast. I'm like, this is something that I can control. This is something I can put out consistently. This is something that I feel like is meaningful. Because mm -hmm. I feel like now a lot of the content, and I'm not saying that most of the content out isn't meaningful. I just feel like every single content that's being put out a lot is for the purpose of being clickbaity, for the purpose of like getting some crazy like, oh, I counted to a million while juggling five balls and standing on the moon at the same time. Like it's it's right. it's to that point now. And, and I'm also a kind of person where I'm like, okay, where's where's the substance? You know, where where are we going? And I feel like it's starting to change. Like even with Mr. Beast's content, I feel like he's even adjusting the way that he's going about with his content. And I feel like more people are getting to the point where we're like, okay, we want to have more like real content you know, vulnerability and substance. And I don't know if, if you're noticing or not, but I don't know. I just, I think because of that, I just don't relate with that kind of content. And it's it's been yeah. a, a, a weird adjustment period for me to find my lane in it all right. through the content that I do. You're saying it's changing for, to be to be less clickbaity? Is that what you're noticing? I, I, I feel like it, in some manners it is. Yeah. And then in, in some manners it's not. I think, in, I feel like some of the creators that, have started in that way or started with streaming mm -hmm. they're moving away from it because i yeah. feel like that that kind of content is when you constantly have to chase the algorithm totally um mr beast is a, a perfect example of somebody who like understands to a science like what makes a video successful yeah. right like if you log on to youtube and then you see a thumbnail it's like i bought the moon and it's his face and it's like uh, dollar bills and, and then the picture of the moon, you're like, oh my God, this guy bought the moon. Like yeah. I gotta figure out, I gotta watch this. <laughs> and um, uh, he's he's really understood it. And generally how I always used to think about it was you can do that kind of stuff to, 
to grow your audience, right? Like yeah. you, you click bait. Like I know creators that used to do kind of like very clickbaity things. And, and to be, to be honest, we're all kind of guilty of it in the early 2010s where you would, um, you would do things that would attract views and clicks, and then you would amass those subscribers. And if you got enough of them, you could move away from that. Yeah. Um, and go more legitimate, you know, um, there's like a certain, there's a girl who plays call of duty. I've, oh, this is somebody, somebody told me this. She like got big on call of duty because she like would cheat at call of duty, but nobody knew, but she got caught. But by the time she got caught, she already amassed this whole big following. Mm -hmm. But now she, she's gone legit and she's still got that audience and she still gets big numbers. So I'm not saying that's the way to do it. I'm just saying that maybe that's part of what it is. You, you get a lot of these people that cultivate a huge following. And I know that kind of when I did that, for me, um, I started to do things that were things I really wanted to do towards mm. my uh, latter YouTube life, which was like, go ghost hunting, go Bigfoot hunting, do the stuff that like really matters to me. <laughs> and um, stuff that I couldn't necessarily do when I was like doing the weekly upload uh, thing because I was on a schedule and I had to like feed this never ending monster, uh, a video a week. Didn't matter if it was good or bad. I had to upload a video or else you'll fall off. Right. Unless then the algorithm will forget about you. Um, Mr. Beast is someone who I, I res respect his like acumen. Yeah, um, I think he's like, he's done exactly what you would need to do. And then some to figure out how to like amass, I think he's like in this sort of, it's really interesting to watch Mr. Beast because you'll watch and there'll be a thumbnail um, on his, it's like, he's like, I've cured blindness uh, for a bunch of kids, right? And then the thumbnail will be like a kid with like a head bandage and the kid's like crying and then Mr. Beast is behind him. You're like, it's kind of fun. Like, it's kind of a weird thumbnail, but like at the same time, he, he just paid for a thousand people's surgery to cure their blindness. So it's like, uh, at least he's doing, it could be worse. There could be like an evil Mr. Beast out there that's like running over homeless encampments in a monster truck for views. Like, I don't know like what the opposite of a regular Mr. Beast is, but um, he's, I think of him as a responsible creator. And I know he gets a lot of hate because of things like the oh, yeah. the funny thumbnails. But to me, I'm I actually do think that we're lucky to have a Mr. Beast in this world is probably better with a Mr. Beast than it is without. Um, but I would like to think that when people got enough of a subscriber base that they can sort of move into things that are more honest to their brand. And I know that's what I tried to do. Um, but you do see like a decline. It's so weird that you see a decline in certain things when you're not playing the, the clickbait uh, thumbnail game that um, when you're being your more honest self, that, that stuff doesn't get as much traction online because people need to see bright colors and they need to see like a Lambo in it and stuff like this. So that's part of like our job is like navigating is like, how do we manage who we are versus what they think they want us to be yeah that's the hardest part it is and i think that it, part of it is like sticking to your overall mission and purpose and sometimes that mission and purpose changes over time you know that's the one thing that i i, I like i see where mr beast is kind of moving um and that's why like you know like you're saying despite people's grievances or their thoughts or feelings i think it's i think it's great what he does because yeah even though the thumbnails may be a little more eccentric he does stay true to what it is said in that video. Yeah, and he's not lying to he's us. He's not lying to us. Right. And but He did buy the moon. Yeah, he did buy the moon. 
I mean, I'm sure he probably is going to buy the Sun <laughs> next. Um, but, you know, it, it's strange because you see kind of like when people see that, they see the numbers um, and they see just certain attention that creators are getting. Sometimes it forces people, not force in the sense of Mr. Beast is forcing anyone. He's not forcing anyone. But the people force themselves to feel like they have to do that exact formula yeah. to find success. And it moves them away from their why, their mission, and their purpose surrounding content creation. So yeah. for you, as the landscape was changing, you're noticing all these different things. You're noticing the algorithm is making it a little more challenging. Like, what helped you stay true to your your purpose and your mission overall? Um, you know, I don't know if I can honestly say that I, 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 I'd like to say I am the same person as far as virtues and things, but I think I've changed quite a bit and, and like for the better. And, and part of that goes back to what we were talking about, like, um, sobering up and like living a more sort of honest life and finding out that, um, my existence is not my identity is not tied to my subscriber number. And um, when I sort of got away from that, I think I was able to like uh, do things that I think like would represent me better. There's a lot of stuff that I've, I've privated on my old, like my YouTube channel. Um, I still get people, I used to have a, a series where I interviewed adult actresses and like an inside the actor studio type uh, show which did really well at the time right but I privated all those videos because I don't necessarily feel like that represents the type of person I want to be known for and and you know that when um, people see any video whether it's from 2008 or from yesterday it, it's kind of like up to the algorithm what it wants to show them and that video is how they think of you mm, yeah. regardless of how long ago you did it and so I felt like in order for me to true to the person that I am now I had to go back and sort of like prune the tree and like clip some of those branches because I don't necessarily feel like I identify so I think answering your question is I'm true to myself by um, knowing that I've changed and my sensibility has changed and I went back and like went through my library and like would watch some stuff and I'd be like, I don't think I want this representing me in 2023 or 2022 or whenever I did that stuff. And, um, I think that's it. I, I have to be honest in like whatever current version of Cassim that you're seeing is like, that's, that's it. And this current version of Cass is like, he doesn't bring in monster numbers like he used to, but he's like way happier. And he has like a group of, um, folks that do support him on Twitch and on, on discord and whatever that, really do uh are a good group of people and really do care about me as the person as opposed to like the series or like the weekly youtube mm -hmm. thing that they were attached to if that makes sense well speaking of those good people talk to us a little bit about how twitch is going talk to us a little bit about the cream team oh thank you so much yeah thanks for letting me plug the cream team um you know <laughs> fiona me fiona and um kevin and case we were all g4 uh employees together we um were you know, all sort of like treading water when the Titanic sank. And we were like, let's hop aboard this um, piece of driftwood and see how long we can like survive on this thing. And and so when G4 went down, we started um, 
doing a Patreon where we were like, we'll, we'll do a podcast. We do two pods a week. One is like uh, a free pod and then the other's for Patreon. And we thought we had to maintain some sort of like consistent uh, presence in in the, all the G, because the G4 fans were like, there was a lot of them. And we felt like we could still give them a little bit of what they weren't getting with G4 in our own podcast. And so we all decided to just like sign up for a weekly thing. Mm -hmm. And um, we just started uploading uh, video versions of it that we do out of my backyard. And they're going, you know, they're, they're great. We have like, they're so scuffed that the bar is so low. It's not like this where there's like a lot of great people and a lot of cameras. We, it, it is uh, a much lower quality thing than we've ever done at G4, but it is our most onic, honest and authentic selves. Yeah. Um, and that's really fun because we have Kevin Pereira, who's like sort of the, the old school attack of the show host, who's sort of like our, um, He's like our, our our like stepdad who's like shepherding us through like these sort of um, shaky times. And we've got like Fiona who's young and fresh and like understands um, what, you know, what the Zoomers want. And uh, you've got me who's like somewhere sort towards the like uh, older, but like we've all bring such a unique point of view and that for once a week, um, I think people are like really appreciate the fact that we are still doing something, even if it's not a, a, a G4 um, branded thing. What do you appreciate about podcasting? Because podcasting is something that, as a content form, is something that a lot of people do. And, yeah. and I feel like sometimes podcasting allows creators to kind of showcase themselves a little more in depth than per se in some of the other content pieces yeah. that they have to put out. So like for you all, especially for you, how has podcasting been for you and, and what does it bring to the table when it comes to you showing who you are? Um, I love podcast. I've loved podcasting longer than I've been podcasting. Um, I love the ease of it. I love being able to like just pop in headphones and like uh, do laundry or like, you know, vacuum or like whatever it is. It's just the, the passive sort of way I engage with it is really fun. Um, I listen to podcasts when I go to bed at night. I've got like a sleep mask that's got like built-in earbuds and I just listen to podcasts as I go to bed. Um, when I started making podcasts, I started doing it with um, my friend Rob um, and uh, Jamie. They, they were both on The Sopranos. We had a podcast called uh, Pajama Pants and the three of us, like me and jo uh, Rob were uh, good buddies, but me and Jamie sort of like, started our friendship on the podcast and um the podcast was like what the reason we all talked every week and it was like so fun and uh what i was able to do on a pod was like just not have to worry about like a, a bit landing or like having to do a thing a prepared this or like edited this it's just a sort of raw unfiltered um, it's the best way to get to know people, especially if they're long form podcasts and you really get to see where people's sort of trains of thought go. And I like that. And to me, it's a very honest way to like, uh, get into somebody's brain. Um, and it's so easy to consume, you know, you don't have to add a video format to it, but you can. And so like, yeah. um, they're very malleable and you can kind of make one on anything and now they're everywhere. But um, to me, that's like anyone that has a point of view. I don't think there's too many. I really don't. I think anyone that has a point of view 
that has something to say um, should be able to like speak into a mic. And, and that's part of finding that thousand people that are really into what you do. A podcast is a great way to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it takes a while to like get any sort of traction. I remember for our Pajama Pants podcast, um, it took like a good year and a half before I felt like there was a regular sort of, you know, like people were into it and people were talking about it and I would see it pop up randomly here and there. But like you've, you have to kind of just start it because you have like a, a, a real need to like let it out. Yeah. Um, otherwise, there's a million other people that are just making podcasts to like try and get rich. And it's kind of like easy to like see through those kinds of pods. Um, but it's also really great because it's given everyone, anyone with like a phone, the ability to like speak into it and upload it. Also, I think for me too, I love podcasting because I I need like an outlet. I need a place to be able to talk about things because I talk to Mike all the time about it. I'll be like, oh my gosh, I just went through all this stuff and I don't want to tweet about it because if you tweet about it, it's going to be blown out of proportion. Totally, out of context. Out of context. And it's like, you know, because sometimes there's things that happen, you know, there's things that happen behind the scenes where, and even through my experience, I'm like, you know what? I want to talk about this, but not to crap on the situation of person i want to talk about this because i want to be real honest with people who follow me who ask for advice and guidance and to be real about how the industry is and how things are and you know what to expect and i always try to do that in my content and i feel like i just and that's part of the reason why i wanted to do this like i was mentioning earlier Mm is like i want to be i want people to understand the realness that comes behind being a talent or a creator or someone who works in entertainment and yeah, you see all the glitz and glams on social media, but there's a lot of not so glitz and glams that we yeah. have to go through yeah. consistently. It it's um, it looks easy, um, and in some ways, being able to upload one and record one is easy. But like to actually sit and do a pod over and over and week after week and like try and build a following is just as hard as it is anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And um, Sometimes people just go like, oh, yeah, all, all you got to do is just speak into a microphone, send it to Apple, and then boom, you're an overnight success. Look at Joe Rogan, $100 million Spotify contract. Like, um, there, the Joe, Joe was doing pods since like 2008 or not. Like, there, there are people that look like overnight successes that um, have just been putting in their reps. Like, when you listen, I don't know if you've ever listened to like Bill Burr and yes. his podcast, mm-hmm. but. Um, when you listen to Bill, you're like, this is just a guy who's so funny on his own with no one to interact with who's just crushing. You're like, it's got to be so easy. But Bill Burr has been doing it for so long. And even as a like a fantastic stand-up, it's still uh, something that took practice yeah. for him to be able like, to, to get to the point that he's at now. It, it takes work. And I, the only piece of advice, because I don't really know what makes a great podcast except a point of view but also consistency and like knowing that you may be doing that podcast for a year, two or three years before you see any sort of like real fruit from it. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's, you know, as you're building it, you're building your audience. And then at some point you have to realize, okay, this is it's getting traction. I got to turn like, now I got to have my business cap on and yeah. I have to add more to it. Right. Um, Cause I, even before this, I had, there's a podcast I used to do like years ago and we interviewed a lot of like musicians and artists mm-hmm. and I remember that it was a, probably like a year and some change in that we just it started to take off because 
the podcast was uh, we broke the news that Kanye West was executive producing all of Good Music's album at that time. Oh, cool. And that's a cool piece. Yeah. Of music break. Yeah. yeah. And that really helped us to, to take off. But it took time for us to get to that point. Yeah. And then we, you know, had to make an adjustment. Like even for this podcast, we're me and my team are having conversations about, OK, we're setting where we have this season, but we may have to turn this into a weekly thing based upon distribution deals and all these different right. things. So like you were saying, there's, there's a lot more that goes into it. So much, you know, and, um, you may do a hundred of them before one goes viral, just like videos, yeah. you know? And, but it's nice is that when that one does go viral, you have that entire library and that entire backlog for people to go and find nothing's worse than like having one of your first things go viral. Because you want to like, and, and it might sound weird. It might be a, a weird thing to say, but like, say your first ever pod goes viral because you say something or you break something. Um, you want to like retain viewers and listeners. And if they catch that pod and then they go in and see like other stuff and they find nothing or there's only like a few apps or they see that you're inconsistent, to me, that's not enough for me to like hit a follow on that. Yeah. To me, that's like, oh, this person just got lucky. But if I if I go in and I go, oh, I just I'm listening to Aaron's pod. She's got uh, 50 other ones with other people that are all kind of talking around about the same kind of stuff. Oh yeah, that's an easy sign up. That's an easy follow. Um, and so yeah, having a library like ready to go, like backlogged, is like crucial. And then when the part about Mr. Beast running over homeless encampments and a monster truck goes viral from this episode, they'll go back <laughs> through and find all your old stuff, you know, and it'll be great. Yeah, and, and they're gonna find the part, you know, eventually where he buys a son too. Yeah, know? he buys a son, he bought the moon and, and he's on his way to Mars. <laughs> yeah. Real Gem says yeah. Mr. Beast bought the sun. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. probably gonna happen. Dex Sardo, someone's gonna post it. Has to. It has to. So you gave out a lot of really good advice during this podcast. And at the end of every single one, I always ask our the guests to drop a real gem. Mm. And what I mean by that is, what's that one piece of advice that you want the viewers to take away from when it comes to this conversation? What is that real gem you would like to drop? Jeez, uh, I should have read your email um, because <laughs> now I'm on the spot. Um, well, I, you know, not to sort of go back into it, but like, um, have I guess having something to say, like a point of view, is is more important than like, I know it gets like, it's a pretty cliche thing, but having something to say is very important. And, and it's not, you don't always do. And um, so like how you interact with your content on days that you don't have something to say is like, it's, there's a lot there, right? And uh, I don't know, I, not everyone needs to have a podcast. And so uh, it it's okay if you don't have something to say, but there's so many different ways to make content there are people mm -hmm. that just um I, I i see a guy on uh on um twitch who just like like he just doodles right and and for some reason i'm like well there's no way this would be good right and then just like i started watching and i'm like oh he's actually kind of good at this and um oh this is actually really therapeutic and meditative and like me that watch this guy doodle and there's a guy who just like reviews backpacks I, I like on YouTube. It's a guy who just reviews backpacks, that's it. And I love his videos. And so um, there's never been a better time to like hone in on a niche, just as long as you have a point of view about it and you can speak to it. 
and um, being consistent is probably like the only thing. Yeah. And passion too. I think having that passion and Have energy passion. behind it, it really gravitates people towards you. Totally. Unless you're a type of person who can be uh, interesting with no passion. I don't know if those people exist, but I've been accused of that. Uh, having <laughs> no passion. Whether or not I'm interesting is a whole other thing. But um, yeah, that's it. I mean, it's like, it's it's a great time to try and make content. And also it's like a terrible time to try and make content. But it's not impossible. Great. Terrible. Either way. Yeah. Go make content. <laughs> go do it. There's go do like, it. And you don't need a lot anymore. That This is the best part is like your iPhone or your Android or whatever you have is like pretty much all you need. Maybe a tripod and like that's it. Maybe you can upload it straight from your phone up into a thing and somebody will see it. And that one person that you see comment on it, like reply back to that person because you never know like that person could sing your praises and bring in more viewers and that's it. Like never think that you're um, – your audience is too little or too small. Speaking about bringing more people in, where can everyone find you on social media? Um, I don't know. You just go to Twitch right now. Uh, Twitch.tv slash castmg is like where I'm at. And uh, we're there Monday through Thursday. Almost all day. Every day. Uh, yeah. Well, it's like three hours a day. Three hours Because then I get hungry. You get hungry. And sometimes I come back. Sometimes? And I do a cream team pod and uh, you can find us at the cream team. Okay. Do it's not like naughty or anything. It's just... You don't do any. Yeah, I don't. You don't do sleep streams. I don't do sleep streams. Not no. yet. Not yet. But um, you know, I'll do just about anything to pay the bills. So we'll see. <laughs> well, Casim, thank you so much Thanks, for joining Aaron. on the Real Gems with Aaron, and for all who are tuning in. Thank you for viewing today's episode. Let me know what did you learn from Casim today. What is your real gem you would like to drop? Put in the comments section. Make sure you like, follow, and subscribe. Stick around for the next episode that will be coming soon. This guest has a really, really unique perspective, and it's getting better and better with each guest that continues on. My name is Ashley Simon. Thank you for tuning into Real Gems.